Don't make me turn this podcast around. You're listening to the Reno Dads podcast. We're dads talking about dad stuff. We're doing the dad thing in the biggest little city in the world, Reno, Nevada. But we're talking about things that all dads and parents can relate to. We'll share fatherly war stories, discuss manly things, and even get into the tender moments of fatherhood. We want you to be a part of the conversation, so join us and listen in. Oh, and be warned, dad jokes ahead. We'd like to thank the Nevada Dairymen and Dairy Council of Nevada for sponsoring this episode of the Reno Dads podcast and for connecting us with Northern Nevada dairy farmer and father, Daniel Perrazzo. All right. Welcome back to the next episode here of the Reno Dads podcast. I have a, a special guest this week, and also we're trying something new. Um, we're doing a, a remote interview, so we're hopefully we'll see how all this works, and we can get some more interesting folks from far away. But um, I have Daniel Perrazzo on the uh, on the line with me, and um, he is a dairy farmer here in northern Nevada. So welcome, Daniel. Thank you. I'm grateful and glad to be here. Yeah, we um, we got contacted, of course, um, by some folks who were interested in us telling, helping tell the story about the dairy farmers uh, in Nevada. I guess the da- Nevada Dairymen is the is the organization. And tell me, what's your um, what's your connection to the to the dairymen? Well, I'm a fourth generation dairyman um, in Fallon, Nevada. Um, my great grandpa started it, and uh, there's my dad and my uncle. Um, back on the farm with my brother and I and two cousins. Um, we have 10 other hired hands that assist us. Um, they actually do all the milking. Um, the rest of us do the feeding and all the day-to-day tasks of taking care of the calves and, and feeding the cows. Um, yeah, so this is something that I, I have to say, Daniel, I know nothing about this. So this is so interesting to me because I am a city kid. Like I grew up in and around New York. Uh, I have lived in cities all my life. I have, I mean, I've been to farms, whatever. But so tell me a little bit about the farm itself. I mean, how big is it? And like, I know you said it's now your fourth or fifth generation here. So how, and it's been in your family for all those years. Um, you know, tell me a little bit more about the farm. Well, our farm sits on 240 acres. Um, we lease another 100 acres um, right next to us. Um, of that 240 acres, um, about 160 of it is in farm production. Um, alfalfa and corn, um, a little bit of rye. And then the rest of the land um, is the dairy farm itself with all the corrals um, that house the cows. Yeah. Um, obviously the milking parlor itself, the barn, um, it's about 14,000 square feet. And so that's where the whole farm sits. Um, there's actually six homes on the farm, all family. My grandma and grandpa and then my grandpa's brother, so my great uncle, and then my grandpa and grandma's four, four of their five children live right there. And wow. my dad's the oldest, and I'm the oldest of him as well. So I was the oldest one growing up there. And there was 22 of us grandkids that grew up on the farm. Within 22, yeah. 22 grandkids. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, there is another 10, 12 adults on top of that. And so it was a great life growing up. Um, I wouldn't have traded it for anything, having all my siblings and cousins right there. 
Yeah, and so it's been in your family for all these years, and you have you always been as a part of the family farm? Have you ever done anything else in terms of work or school, or have you left Fallon, or have you always been part of uh, the Fallon uh, landscape there? So I graduated when I was 18, um, went and did a semester of school um, prior to a two-year mission for our church. Mm-hmm. Um, after the mission was completed, I did one more year of schooling um, at Utah State in northern Utah. But then after that, um, I came back in 2005, uh, May of 2005, and I've been part of the farm ever since. And yeah, um, yeah I've been around it my whole life besides a little bit of schooling and, and a two-year mission for our church. So Wow. And your whole family's there now, too, I presume, all of you. And how many kids do you have? I have five kids, um, four girls and one boy, uh, ages 12 to three. Wow. And are they uh, growing up? I mean, tell me a little bit about how they are seeing, I mean, what they do. And your family, of course, is all involved in this. Are they t- uh, taking part in, in the farm itself? Are they growing up? Around? I mean, I presume they are. So we, we actually live a few miles away from the farm. Um, we chose to move a little bit away. And, uh, but yes, they come out and see me as often as they can. It wasn't like when we lived growing up where we were right there 24 seven. Um, but yes, they can come out whenever they can. Um, I had two of my older daughters yesterday cutting strings and cleaning up because they wanted to earn a little extra money. And so they, they come out and they're involved. Um, but yeah, we are a few miles off yeah. the farm though. And, and tell me, I mean, you know, of course, we're, we're really focused on fatherhood here with the Reno dads. Tell me if you can, maybe, like, what was it like when you were working with your dad and I guess his brother and, and all of the family? Yes, I was there as often as I could. Um, sometimes my friends would actually say, hey, there is life off the farm. And I'm like, I know, but I love the cows. I love tractors. I, I love um doing everything with agriculture and so yes i i was right there with my dad um, with my brothers and with my grandpa and so it was and very enjoyable um only my brother one brother and i have came back the other three brothers and my sister have taken occupations elsewhere yeah um but it's it sounds like you have pretty. Okay. You know, it sounds like you have pretty large family. Like um, so, there's a, a lot of help available, and, and then there's the opportunity for folks who want to find other opportunities can go and do their own thing. So the two of you are back, and you are you're pretty close with your brother. It sounds like we are. He's actually the youngest, so he's 11 years younger. But yes, uh-huh. um, we are we are pretty close, and uh, no, it's it's fun working with family. I mean. It can be trying at times, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, yeah. So, so one yeah. of the one of the things that I was so curious about um, when I heard about us getting to chat with you and learn about the dairy farm uh, itself is, you know, what is that like um, from a day to day perspective? I mean, obviously, when you're younger and you're going to school, it sounds like maybe your involved involvement is limited, you know, in terms of the hours you have, but are, are you getting up early and doing the thing? I mean, there's sort of this notion that I have of, you know, farm, you know, farm families getting up really early to do the work before they go off to do say school or other things. And then they come back and then there's more work to do. I mean, it sounds like a pretty, a, a pretty hard, um, you know, pretty long day for even a kid who might be in high school or, you know, or pretty young. 
It, it is. Um, most mornings I get up at 4.30 and I'm at the farm at 5. Um, the main reason I do that is my kids get out of school at 3. And I love spending as much time with them as possible. And so I try to be home by 3.30. And so my typical day is 10 or 5 to 3, 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but a dairy farm is 24-7, 365. And so, I mean, there, there are nights. I mean, actually, two nights ago, um, we had to go out and fix a well. It, the well went out at 8.30 at night. And so there was five <laughs> of us out there. And so it's... We, we have no holidays. We all just take turns feeding on Thanksgiving, feeding on Christmas. Um, and so it's just, I don't know. It's just a livelihood that we, we love so much that there are some disadvantages occasionally that, uh, that it is 365 and, and 24 hours. I mean, there's, there's someone there about 22 hours Sounds, a day. Yeah. It does sound pretty challenging. And, and as far as like, you know, working with your dad, is he still active, actively part of the, um, the work that's happening on the farm every day? He, he is, um, he just turned 60, but he hasn't slowed down yet. And, uh, him and his brother, um, actually are the two owners of the farm. The rest of us are working our way into ownership with them. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, there six to seven days a week, whatever's needed. Um, my dad still does all the finances. Um, my uncle's more the mechanic side of it. And so we kind of all have our specialty. Um, I love the cows. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the tractors and whatnot, but the cows are my specialty. Um, every, every little aspect of them, but there, it takes, takes a little bit of everything. Um, to make a dairy farm. Yeah, I know. I, I can, I, I can, I'm starting to get a sense for that. And, and has it changed, you know, in terms of when you were growing up, obviously you were, you know, you sort of progress into the, into the role, right? You, you take on the things that your, your, your dad was willing to give you. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking along the lines of like, how has it changed between you and your dad now that you're grown up with your own kids? I mean, how does he, and obviously you can take on more of the the running of the farm, but you know, how has that changed? How has your relationship with your dad changed over the years? Well, you said it perfectly where I have kind of molded right after my dad and my cousins have molded right after my uncle. And it, it's worked out really well where my dad used to do every single thing pertaining to the cows like on top of all the finances. And he's basically turned almost all of the cow side of it over to me um, all the day-to-day aspects of it. When it comes down to the, the business side of it, we're, we're all involved, but the day-to-day I have basically control of all the, the cow aspects and it's, it's been fun learning from him. And then at the same time, seeing my cousins learn from their dad, it's just like father, like son, the apple (laughs) fall too far from the tree. What, what do you think has changed the most over the, say, the, the, the time since you've been working in the farm? You said it's about 14 years or so, it sounds like. What do you think has changed the most over those years that you've seen in the, well, in the op- operating your farm, of course? I mean, there's probably, you know, some things that you have direct visibility to, but like, what about just dairy in general? How, what do you think are, you know, what, what are some of the things that you've seen change for you as your, your family has been in this business for so long? 
Well, we actually have a museum um, upstairs of our parlor that tells exactly what you just asked, the change. Um, when our dairy started in 1941, um, milking six cows all by right. hand and then selling the cream off to, to now milking 1,050 cows, um, 60 at a time, um, with three guys doing that. It just, and, and even, even in those 14 years that I've been backed, um, we've, we went from 450 to 1,050, uh, milking in a smaller barn, um, where you milk 20 cows. And we, in October of 2014, we, we moved into the, the larger barn, um, milking the 60 cows at a time. And, and so, yeah, just when technology advances, um, it's amazing just to watch the dairy industry advance too. Right. And uh, the milk line, I mean, one thing in particular, the milk line going from the cows to the tank back in the 70s was two inches. Now it's four inches. And just that much more milk is coming out of each cow that fast that just little things has just been amazing to watch. And tell me, I mean, um, from a, I think from a consumer's point point of view, like my, my, I have two questions around this really, but, uh, about the business, but from a consumer standpoint, you know, a lot of folks are concerned about, um, you know, growth hormone and things like that, that they can sort of show up in, um, a lot of industrial produced milk. Obviously you're not, you're not that right. scale. I mean, a thousand cows is big, I think, but it's not like enormous compared to some of the larger farms I'm sure that are out there that do this. So tell me a little bit about how you guys approach, um, and what you guys are, what your family farm is thinking about with respect to the kind of product you're producing and how you, um, want to appeal to consumers. Cause I think that's something that I know I think about when I'm, and I look for when I'm looking at dairy products in the, you know, in the supermarket or wherever I'm buying my, my products. Well, one thing that we, hold dear to our hearts is the safety of the cows, the safety of the product. Um, obviously we sell fluid milk, which is made into hundreds of different products, cheeses, ice creams, and everything. And we do take in consideration what the community, what the country, what actually the world, because the product that we actually make here in Fallon, um, is not, it, it's a, it's a powder milk, um, shipped overseas. And that's one thing that's we've kind of kept close to us is that this is this product is feeding the world. We needed to make it as clean, as safe as a product as we can. Is it perfect? No, nothing's ever perfect. But we we do take that into consideration. And a couple of years ago, I was actually part of a group that went around the country every three months. There were sixteen of us. And we actually went into inner city restaurants and other inner city supermarkets and learned what consumers are looking for. And it was, it was an eye opener. Um, I mean, I've lived on the farm my whole life. I know what goes into um, making every gallon of milk, but obviously not everybody right. does. And we enjoyed that. Not just me, but all of us enjoyed that. Because it was like the, the the consumers they are looking for that, and and that's what we try to do. Well, it's an yeah. It's, I mean, that's it, it. Kind of takes me into my second part of the question, which is really from the business aspect. I'm a, a consultant by nature, and I'm so curious about the the way the the market works, right? So you're 
you know, you've decided, you decided it sounds like about four or five years ago to really almost double the size of the farm with respect to how many uh, cows or more than double, it looks like, it sounds like. And I mean, yeah. that's a business decision, obviously. And, and clearly there's a demand. Um, and are you, um, when you ship product, uh, I mean, this is just out of curiosity. Are you looking, are, are you shipping, like you said, liquid milk or powdered and things like that? Or, or how do you ship the product ultimately? And where does it end up? And it, it sounds like some of it goes to wholesalers and then some of it goes to other manufacturers of, of other dairy products. Like where does it go when it leaves the farm and in what form? Right. Well, I'll answer that in two ways. Um, when it leaves the farm, it is always in a fluid product. Um, the trucks come in and take out, um, we'll take 6,300 gallons. That's how much the trucks those can big shiny, Those big shiny and, metal trucks take about 6,300 gallons? <laughs> yep. That's good yep. And uh, in this valley that I live in, we are producing right around a million pounds of uh fluid milk every day and so it leaves the dairy it leaves all dairies in the fluid product um in fallon in particular this is specialty in this area is it goes to a plant um, right here in fallon that's made into powder um, and they if it's going overseas it's a whole milk powder if it's staying here in the united states it's a low milk or a low yeah. fat powder and they sell off the cream um to creameries and then, and then it can go in so many different right. directions. And so, um, in, in obviously in all the different products, um, us personally, we're producing just over 10,000, um, pound or sorry, 10,000 gallons mm -hmm. a day. Um, so right around 90,000 pounds, wow. um, of fluid milk product every day and, uh, 365. And compared to other farms uh, in the area, or just generally speaking, how large are you? Are you a mid-sized farm, or are you a big farm? We are we are a mid-sized farm. The largest in this valley, well, counting Yarrington and Smith Valley, um, the largest is right around 5,000. Um, the smallest is a couple hundred. And so um, we are mid-sized, um, right, right in the middle of the pack. There's about 20 dairies in this valley, counting Yarrington and Smith Valley. There's about. And is that dairies. a big product for just Nevada in general, or is it? I mean, every state has their own dairy farmers, or I mean, are we supplying to other states nearby? How does uh, how does that sort of compare? Do you know to the other sort of neighboring states? So we actually have very few dairy farms. Um, I say there's 20 dairy farms in this area. There's about 22 dairy farms in the state of Nevada. There's two or three down by Vegas compared to like uh, California. Um, so we are, we are members of DFA, which is a co-op. And just in the state of California, there's like 350 dairies part of DFA. I am not actually hundred percent sure how many dairy farms there are in California, but just 350 within DFA. There's 8,000 dairy farms within DFA across the country. Uh, we are a co-op that goes um, coast to coast. Not all co-ops do. Um, we are the largest co-op in the, in the United States. And so back east, um, there actually are a lot more farms, but there are a lot fewer numbers. They, they average 100, 150 cow dairies. 
back here on the west coast there's a lot fewer farms but there are thousand five thousand ten thousand mm-hmm. cow dairies and so it's it's totally different um way of dairying you still got to milk a cow you still got to feed them but the dynamics of it's totally different from east to west coast um so shifting gears a little bit what do you what do you um how are you involving your kids in the farm today you mentioned it earlier that they can come and see you but are they getting involved in some of the um daily things that you do or you may have done when you were younger and what's like maybe is it a little different from uh, how you were doing it when you were a kid i mean tell me how you're involving them in, in the in the family business well it is actually honestly a lot different um mainly because when i was growing up we had two or three hired hands um we it was basically us kids pulling a lot of the weight where now we have 10 hired hands on top of the six family members and so my girls the four the four girls are the four oldest um they actually don't do as much as we did growing up not just because they were not just because they're girls but we have more hired hands and a lot more moving parts now than they did back then and so it's just it it is different Um, they can come and go when they want but we were there six days a week where they might yeah. come one day a week. And so it's, it is a lot different. Um, and that's one reason why I try my hardest to be done by three so I can spend the evenings with them. Um, because I love yeah, spending time with the kids. Yeah. And, uh, um, so do you think, um, what do you think they're learning from the farm itself and the, the fact that your family is so involved in this, do you think that they're taking some lessons from that or what, what kinds of things are you trying to teach them, you know, when they do participate in it? Well, they, they have no trouble getting their hands dirty and they love talking about it to their other friends. Um, whenever we have a friend from out of town come, they're like, Hey, let's go feed a calf. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And so they, they enjoy it. Um, one story in particular, my two oldest girls, when they were a little younger, it was a hot summer day. They're like, hey, let's go play in that mud puddle. Well, that mud puddle was not water. It was manure. And, and so they have no problems getting covered in manure on the farm and then coming home, taking a shower, and playing with their Barbie dolls. Like They, they live a perfect life both ways, um, which, which I enjoy because – um, growing up with mostly brothers, I had four brothers and one sister. Um, we were always at the farm doing that. And, uh, so they, they have no trouble, but they have no trouble yeah. being a girl as well. So, um, you guys are obviously right in the thick of it when it comes to the, the dairy, um, products themselves, or I mean, in terms of producing the raw material, but talk, I mean, a little bit about how you see dairy playing a daily, I mean, just a role in your daily lives, right? I mean, I, I presume that you guys are, uh, and, and people around you are all pretty well versed in the, the benefits of the, of the products. I mean, how are you, how do you see that as part of your, your family's day-to-day life? Well, we try to get as many people involved. Um, we, we get all the neighbors involved with growing crops for us. Um, in turn, they are always on the farm. And so they, they get to learn what a dairy life is, um, where the milk actually is going, and they get to realize that, hey, 
me growing alfalfa or corn or rye or oats is helping supply these cows so they can produce milk so they can yeah. feed the world and so getting the community involved is is huge because out here in Fallon I love it um, there's dairies dotted all around and so yeah yes there are people that don't know what dairy farms are all about mm-hmm. but not too many um, they they usually know somebody that's a dairyman and, and has gone to visit and and so yeah. it's, it's and are, it's are your neat. products coming here to Reno on a pretty regular basis? Do you know how um, they get distributed into, say, you know, the local community? Um, they are the we actually ship five trucks a day. Not just us personally, but this valley ships five trucks of milk to Model right. Dairy, which is there in Reno, and then that's distributed out into the stores um, in fluid, in fluid, and in cheeses yeah. and, and ice cream and whatnot. Um, the other product that sh- is, is made here, it, it actually does not make it to Reno because it's the powdered milk right. and it, and it goes overseas. Um, and so prior to that, when we shipped to Reno and Sacramento, then yes, you would see more product from us locally, stay us, stay local. But once DFA put this plant in, um, it, a lot of the product is going internationally which has been a big eye opener to us knowing that, Hey, yeah. we still got to feed everybody, <laughs> not just here in Northern Nevada. Yeah. There's a, there's a world out there and they need and a product is, um, as well. W- well, let's shift gears a little bit. So tell me a little bit about, um, and you mentioned this before we got on the line um, and started recording, but tell me a little bit about um, how people can learn more about the farm and, you know, just the areas in general. I mean, I know there are, I mean, I'm sure there are folks who are interested and maybe it would be like a fun day trip for some of the dads that we know here in, in Reno to ship out to Fallon and kind of get a, a firsthand view of it. Well, yes, we give tours, um, on June first is what was and well and is National Milk Day, and we hosted um, 350 people that day, um, all day long. But on top of that, we give tours to people that want to come. Um, obviously, it has to work into our schedule. Um, just contact us um, with phone number or email or whatnot. But we we make time for people to come come tour the dairy um just last week a mom called up and said hey my kids have no idea where their milk comes from when they put it on their cereal can i come show them where their milk comes from like sure and we just picked a time that worked for both of us they came spent 30 40 minutes and it wasn't too much out of our day and it it made those little kids day and so yeah we love we love giving tours we actually all the second graders here in Fallon come every year. Um, that's kind of how the school district has set it up. And uh, we used to get schools from Reno, um, but that, that hasn't happened in quite a while. But uh, we, we love giving tours. We, we love sharing not just our story, but the story of um, – Right. Milk and well, general. I think that sounds really interesting, and I, I hope that you know when we put this out and we link to the different you know the website or send out, you know put out the email and contact information that we can maybe get some more uh, folks interested in coming in from Reno because I think it is really interesting to learn where your food comes from, right? A lot of folks 
you know, don't know where their food comes from. And I'm a member of a co-op here in downtown Reno, and they really make an effort to source everything locally and mostly organic. Um, and all of the things that, you know, are important to me as a consumer in terms of supporting local um, businesses, and it is a business, I mean, supporting local farmers, supporting the, the local producers of these products, um, it's pretty important, right? I mean, it's it's part of, you know, what we, you know, we know that we can get products from shipped in from all over the, the world, but, you know, one of the things that we are I know that I'm conscious of is, you know, where, where that food comes from, if I can make a local choice. There's actually one dairy here, and it's, it's just one guy in particular. He actually bottles his own milk and make chocolate milk. He used to make strawberry milk and then uh, makes his own cheeses. Um, he's a Hispanic guy, and so a lot of them are like Mexican cheeses. Um, and he, it, he comes to Reno, Carson. He actually goes down to Vegas, and uh, it's kind of neat hearing other people. It's like, hey, I, I had some of Sandhills Dairy milk, and so it's kind of cool to <laughs> – to hear people excited about it we do have the museum and it's just pretty neat to see the history of not just us our dairy but the the industry itself um just how it's involved over the years and uh so yes i will send the the info um to you so you can get it out to all the the sites that people can contact us yeah, that'll be great. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing that. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. And like, like I said before, this is one of those things that we're just trying to inter interview interesting dads and get to know people in the community. And this is one of the opportunities that came uh, and was pre presented. And I just thought, oh, yeah, we definitely have to talk to him. I, I want to find out more about how that all happens, because it's something that I'm, as like I said, I'm a city kid, grew up in and around New York. I, this is like all foreign to me. Yep. Well, we enjoy sharing it, so we have no problem with it, and um, we love it, and we uh, hope other people love our product. <laughs> well, I know I know a lot of folks do. I'm a, I mean, I'm particularly partial, I guess I would say, to um, you know the ice cream products, but yep. that's just me. <laughs> well, great, Daniel. Thank you so much for coming on, and um, we'll we'll be we're excited to have you here, and we, we definitely will be linking to information, and we'll put it out on our website and. Um, Hopefully, you'll get some more folks coming out to see you. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciated it. You've been listening to the Reno Dads podcast on renodads.com. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Stop by renodads.com and click on Contact Us and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear on our show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at renodads. And subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll join us here for our next episode, and we'll see you online at renodads.com.